Well, Erica, welcome to the journey. And uh, let me just explain just a little bit about what the journey is. is and the journey is um, just trying to capture uh, people's stories, everyday life stories of either um, opportunities that may have come up in pe people's lives and what did they do with those opportunities, or maybe some kind of setback and how did they um, transform through that setback or how they may have failed forward. And uh, and I know I've, I, I've known you and known your family. I, I was thinking about it. It's probably like 12 13 years <laughs> so uh so it's been a long time but mm -hmm. um uh so as we get started um uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what do you what do you do for fun what do you when you get an opportunity for fun what do you do um well i am erica yeah. and <laughs> i just graduated from illinois state okay. so um i haven't had a lot of free time in the past uh, few years uh, sure <laughs> um but i like to do starlight when i'm home okay. the community theater um I like that music aspect in my life again. Um, my family and I, we like to take trips every summer. We always go to Tennessee and Florida. Um, and then I just, I'm a homebody. I like to be home or um, outdoors. Um, I don't need to travel extravagantly, That's but okay. I like to just be around people okay. um, and just be together. Gotcha. So in Tennessee, where do you guys go in Tennessee? Uh, we go to... Well, Nashville sometimes, but we stay in Crossville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, we have some friends of my dad's who live down there on Lake Holiday. Okay. And uh, then there's another set of friends who live in Franklin who have a lake house in Crossville. Okay. And they all kind of know each other. They've known each other since my dad was really young. Um, so we go stay at a lake house there, and it's just our family and a lake and uh, that's it. We're one with nature kind of thing. Perfect. Um, we just play games and eat some food and do some puzzles and eat some more food. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Well, we, our, we, um, Diana and I and the kids, we, on the way to uh, Alabama one time, we stayed in Franklin. And, oh. oh, beautiful, beautiful yes. town. Very seemed very nice from what we saw of the town, and, um, yes. and so it seemed really, really nice. They just did a uh, Dickens Village oh. sort of thing there, where they dress up old oh, fashioned and they sure. carol and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I saw our friends from Franklin posted pictures of it, but that would be the place that I want to be if I moved to Tennessee. Okay, in Franklin. Yes. Okay, nice. That's a nice. good, good area. And I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard there's a lot of celebrities country country or just entertainers mm -hmm. in general but mm -hmm. um, they live in franklin franklin and brentwood yeah um i know our friends live next door to blake shelton's pilot okay so that's yeah. i mean he's not a huge celebrity but yeah. that's still pretty cool so pretty connected yeah there, so. Mm -hmm. so graduate from illinois state and mm -hmm. um and so a fellow redbird that's where i graduated as well and yes, so uh, yeah <laughs> And they had a great season this year um, in football, and uh, mm -hmm. it sounds like they're going to have. A, it sounds like they may have a pretty good basketball program as yep. well. So, that's what I heard. Yeah, so, I didn't go to any of the games yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I know that James Robinson from um, from Rockford, Lutheran, yeah, yeah, did did really really well there, and their head coach is from Rockford. Oh yeah, um, Brock's back. And, oh, uh, yeah. And I've heard some of his motivational speeches. And oh, really? He does some speaking things at ISU. So he, I've heard he's pretty good. He graduated from East at the same year that um, Robin Delinda um, oh. graduated from East. So, so I don't know him. I played. Yeah. I played against his brother, um, okay. his younger brother. Um, when he, when his younger brother was at East, in when I was at Harlem, oh, but um, but I've never met world. Brock. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he's Very done a phenomenal cool. job with the yeah. program. So. Yeah, I've heard um, that they have really good camaraderie and stuff as a team, and 
um, yeah, it's cool to see James Robinson, even though I, I don't know him. Ethan knows him, my younger brother. Um, but um, it's cool to just like have someone from home there and mm-hmm. cheer him on. And yeah. Well, and it sounds like, I mean, he did phenomenal this year, and it sounds like he mm-hmm. may have the opportunity to continue playing. Um, there's been rumors that he may continue playing at the next level. So mm-hmm. that'll be great. Yeah, it'll be cool. So so one, just for the people that are listening, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your family and um, who, who's in your family And um, because you have two siblings. I do. And um, <laughs> and then tell us a little bit about your mom and dad and about your siblings and and. Sure. And then, and you grew up in this area, so yeah. yeah. So just tell us a little bit about um, that. Um, we have been here my whole life. Um, let's see, my parents, uh, Rachel and Al, they, um, my dad grew up in Freeport, and my mom, um, moved here after she graduated from high school a few years after that. Um, and then they met here. Um, and then Evan is my older brother. He uh, is back here. He's kind of moved around to some different places, gotten to explore a little bit, L.A. and Colorado. And um, so he's had a lot of fun. Um, But he's here. He does a lot of drone stuff and works for um, a solar panel company Um, and is always busy driving around. But he seems to really like it. And uh, it's what he's good at. He's extremely smart. So um, when he talks about it, I'm just I just let him talk, and I'm like, that's awesome, because I don't even know half of what you just said. Um, And then Ethan is a junior that's crazy uh, at Rockford Lutheran. He is so tall now. I know. (laughs) I was just looking at my graduation pictures, and I've got like four-inch heels on, and he's still Mm. a head and a half taller than me. So that's scary. Um, But he's playing basketball and um, doing really well in school. We're really proud of him. and he's very intelligent and inquisitive, and it's kind of cool to see him go through all the things that I did. He's studying for the ACT sure. and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that brings back some memories of all the excitement of preparing for stuff like that and then getting to decide where you want to go to school yeah. and just, like, the options are limitless for him, you know. Um, but we are a pretty tight, close-knit family. Mm-hmm. We just like to be together mm-hmm. um and uh my mom is a teacher here for rps um and i always said i would never be a teacher and here we are sure. i'm a teacher <laughs> um but so i get a lot of things from her um and then my dad is retired but he couldn't stay retired for very long so he's working for like the postal service and drives cars and uh, fire department and police department. He's keeping himself busy with okay. all of his um, buds. Um, so he's busy, and I try to come back a few times a month to hang out with everyone for a weekend. Sure. We like to do brunch and just watch movies and stuff. Perfect. Well, your so. your mom and dad are great people, and yeah. I remember you. I remember when you were younger, and your mom went back to school. Yeah. So that was not her first career. No. Uh, and um, but mm-hmm. I, and so I remember that process, which obviously takes a takes a lot while raising a family and going back to school, and that was uh, mm-hmm. a major having commitment. having gone through school myself. Now, I have so much respect because I don't know how she. Uh, did it with um, jobs on the side and also a family and everything carting us around everywhere to all of our events and stuff that we were involved in. 
Um, but yeah, she went back to school. She was a stay at home mom my whole life, which, um, looking back on that and hearing my friends' stories from college and all that kind of stuff, uh, I really treasure that time that we had. And I feel like, um, that really made our family what it is being able to grow up with, um, my mom there all the time. And, um, she was really able to be invested in our school and our lives. And, um, it took her eight years to get her bachelor's. Um, because she was working at Starbucks and she was um, going to school part-time and then still trying to support everything we were doing. And then uh, since then, she's got her master's and a degree here and a degree there and all of her plus classes and all that kind of stuff. So it motivates me to want to really make the most of my education and the fact that, you know, the school systems will support you when you get your master's and things like that because – I've seen just how far she's come in a minuscule amount of time. And uh, being as busy and stuff as she is, uh, it makes me want to, you know, get organized and work hard because I saw her do it through a lot of different things. Sure. Now, she's in the Rafford public system. She is. What Mm -hmm. school is she with? She is uh, Flynn Middle School. Flynn Middle School. Okay. She was at Rolling Green. Okay. I had to I have to keep that straight, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's doing middle school. She really likes to. Okay. Um, now she is a special ed teacher, also. Okay. So it was kind of cool that we were doing some things at the same time. You know, writing IEPs and um, figuring out you know what information to include on those things, and um, it was cool to be able to help my mom out then in a in a program that she didn't know a lot about mm. because. Um, People would be surprised, but regular ed and special ed are vastly different um, school paths from one another. Mm -hmm. And I think people would be surprised that, you know, we don't get as much special education in the general ed world as we probably should for those teacher candidates. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 for me, going the social work route, and then I went school mm-hmm. social worker. So, so that I was very familiar with that element, and it is dramatically different than just in social work. It's dramatically different from regular social work or clinical social work or community mental health social work versus school social work. It's oh, yeah. dramatically different, and there's so much that um, you know a, an individual who doesn't go the school route won't know right. um, regarding. Um, uh, the American Disabilities Act and, and the 504 plan, as mm-hmm. well as the IEPs, mm-hmm. um, just a huge, um, huge gap there. But so I want to. Yeah. Um, I'm interested, and in, I and I would think I would know this, but I it, you started before I think that I got to know you. Um, Sierra was eight, and mm-hmm. um, and you guys are two years apart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, so how did you get into the theater? How did you get into <laughs> uh, theater and dance and um, th- that whole aspect? So how did that all yeah. start? If you remember back to then. Um. Well, I was always moving and shaking mm-hmm. since I was really, really little. My mom said they. Uh, I took dance classes at Forest Hills Dance Academy, okay. Okay. Um, and started doing pageants and things like that when I was really little, um, and. Then when I was in elementary school, I got into competitive cheer, um, and my cheer coaches had recommended to my parents that I go into dance because I was always dancing and singing nonstop, and cheer is a little bit more rigid, mm. um, which was hard for me to stand still and stuff all the time. But I, So I did competitive cheer for a long time, and then um, we switched back over to more um, of the competitive dance outlook. 
Uh, and that's how we met Holly at Steps to Grace. Oh, okay. Holly ended up moving behind us and being our neighbor oh, um, before right. she even had Landon. So I remember okay. babysitting Landon when he was really little. Okay. Um, and so we met her and I enrolled in dance classes there. And um, I, we looked for musical theater groups around and I think CTP was mm-hmm. some of the first that we found mm-hmm. and Bailey did okay. CTP and so I had gone to see one of her shows okay. she was in an Annie okay. and um, so I then met Phil Cooper who was in charge of CTP and ended up doing um, several shows with them and then through there because Hannah Aarons was there and Sydney oh, Trotter sure. okay. and everyone so through there then we all um, I don't know who went over to CYT first okay but then that was when it happened. So we, I think I was, uh, Honk Jr. was my first show. I was uh, a gosling and a frog. And, and that's with YTP. Mm, yeah. yeah, CTP. So and CTP, then YTP is the older one, oh, yeah, yeah. which okay. they didn't develop until, I don't even know if I was still there at that point. Um, but yeah, we did Honk Jr. and I did Jungle Book. I was a tree. Okay. Big roles, big roles. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> um, and then Cinderella. Okay. And um, Rosie and the Nutshell Kids, which I think Dorothy Page Turner wrote. Oh, okay. Um, so did some stuff with her and Phil Cooper. And then Jack Armstrong was my first vocal coach okay, and stuff was, like that. That was Sierra's first vocal coach. Yeah. And yeah. then I met the Mayhans because of competitive cheer. So I knew Andrew. Maybe it was through Andrew I met CYT. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is interconnected yeah. in some way yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all these programs. But I met the Mayhans way early on when I was really, really little. Okay. So. Okay. Because Andrew was in competitive cheer, right? Yep. He yep. was one of my coaches. Oh, okay. Him okay. and Katie Dom were friends. Okay. Um, and then um, he also did, you know, the gymnastics side of things and mm-hmm. dance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Okay. And then he ended up working for Holly. And okay. then he started um choreographing for CYT shows and it was just funny how sure everyone was catching up with each other yeah yeah Yeah. so so what was it about making the transition from um from primarily dancing and primarily competitive cheer and competitive dancing to then now you're performing in in, primarily in musicals Mm -hmm. what was the shift what was the what was different for you um as you as you moved more into the musical theater what what was um what was different about that for you? what or maybe if it if it did bring something more for you what was what was different there mm-hmm. um i feel like uh growing up and even now uh i'm a very animated person when i uh you know perform a dance and it just so happened that i could also sing um and so early on my parents knew that I could sing. Um, I was always putting on shows. We have all the home videos of Erica trying to be the center of attention all the time. (laughs) Um, And I was always singing for everyone. And I actually started singing. Um, My aunt, Karen, um, has made several like cassette tapes and CDs and she writes her own music. Um, And she used to travel around town and do performances. Um, And I don't, I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty young and I performed with her and sang a lot of her original songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my dad's dad, my grandpa Art, it was a first assemblyman in the traveling choir. And so um, I was always around music and uh, um, I feel like my parents could tell that it resonated with me and that it was going to be a big part of my life. 
Um, and I was always singing, always moving, but, um, I don't know. Singing was always something that I knew I wanted to do. And it just took a few tries of all of these, you know, gymnastics and cheer and dance to Hmm. get to the place where, oh my gosh, musical theater is where I should be because it encompasses all of those things that I love. Um, and then getting to do it with some of your very best friends just is, um, wonderful. So, um, I was always singing with my aunt and my grandpa and that sort of thing and um, at church on the kids' choir and mm-hmm. on the worship team and stuff like that. Um, but when I made that shift, I really felt like that was where I wanted to be. Um, I, I do it just to see people's faces, you know, mm-hmm. the joy that you can bring people through these um, songs and through these stories. Uh, I feel like sometimes people think musical theater is a little surface level. Um but there's so much meaning and um, purpose behind it, and all of these shows have a reason that they were written and a story to be told. And whether or not it resonates with one or five or a hundred people, um, I feel like that was always what I wanted to do. It just, I don't know. There's something that takes over you when you're on stage, and I'm sure Sierra understands that. You just, you love. You don't love it for yourself, but you love it for everyone else. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and I've talked many times, and uh, in, in specifically this this past two years with the suicide awareness program, we shatter our silence. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how um, athletics, but also the arts and the performing arts, has such um, a platform mm-hmm. to be able to tell a story and mm-hmm. and see in a in a matter of a two hour performance, see a character transform. Yeah. And and so that it gives. Uh, the the tragic things that happen to a character, um, and then seeing how they have an opportunity to work through that and and see themselves in a way that they wouldn't have seen themselves, and then the audience can be can participate in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's a little bit different with musical theater because it is, um, or live theater in general, it's an experience. Yeah. And we just got done um, with a run. Um, uh, of uh, I was helping out with artist ensemble with oh, every yeah. brilliant thing, and uh, it was just an amazing show, and yeah. it was un- done in the round, small audience, um, less than two hundred people, um, mm-hmm. but it was about a hundred and hundred and fifty or mm-hmm. so, and um, in th- in this particular case, the audience participated um, with the the one actor. It was a yeah. one act, one man, um, in wow. show. And, and it could be a woman also doing the part, but it was uh, just really brilliantly done. And yeah. So, so when you think of all the different shows that you've been in, and I know there's been a ton of them, and all the different characters, is there a particular character that you play that that stood out for you? Um, and, and maybe as you did that particular part, it really maybe opened up some doors for yourself or was it was it maybe a changing part for you mm-hmm. um I feel like you know growing up there were so many uh the first one that comes to mind is Cinderella which mm-hmm. it sounds cliche sure uh because I grew up believing I was a Disney princess sure sure <laughs> um but I feel like it was my first um lead role which you dream about mm-hmm. happening and then it happens, and you want to give it back. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, no, never mind. Uh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Because mm-hmm. uh, you realize you're the, you're the center of attention for some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the show can't be made without anyone else involved. But um, 
it was uh, scary for me. And I remember Jack Hill was my um, director. This was actually the second time I had played Cinderella. And so I feel like from the first time, and this was a CYT written show. So it was same story, but different complexity, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, I feel like I learned a lot about myself in the process. I was in middle school going into high school and... um, even though I didn't directly relate with her role of, you know, evil stepsisters and people treating you mean. And, uh, but I understood the meaning of, um, someone seeing your true heart and like your true identity, uh, no matter what you were wearing or where, where you lived or what you were doing or the kind of hand that you had been dealt. Um, how do you change and evolve and make the most of, you know, what you have and fight through all of those obstacles Um, so I feel like that, even though I was really young, um, that was a a strong realization for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really challenged me because I had always supported so many people being in the spotlight and all of a sudden it was my turn and I was backed by so many people. And that was just, um, a great feeling to know that people believed in you and supported you when you didn't, you know, necessarily think you could do it. This little... I don't know, 13, 14 year old girl. Um, so yeah, I feel like that was one that sticks out to me just because, um, it was a dream of mine and then it became a reality, but doesn't mean it wasn't scary or really difficult in the process. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that's a great, uh, a great example of, uh, or a great point of of this idea that we long for something. Mm -hmm. And then when it happens, they're, they're on one hand that this dream, so to say, so to speak, is coming true. But now there's a great responsibility that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And just like any type of gift, is there's this great responsibility that comes with it now. And now it's real. Now mm-hmm. we, we have to perform. Now we have to, mm-hmm. uh, um, and we don't, um, we don't want to let ourselves down or let anybody else down. Right. So there's that. When you're carrying the weight of this whole story, you right. know, and then you think about who wrote it and who wrote the music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you feel like it's a lot of pressure to deliver it appropriately or well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then, of course, I have to ask too. With, and maybe it's the same, but if it's if it was different than the the show Cinderella, was there a particular show that stood out to you? Now, regardless of what your character was mm-hmm. in that show, was there a particular show that that when you think back about it, not only was it enjoyable, but going through the show maybe it was because of your character or maybe the show itself you were clearly different afterwards can you think of anything that stands out um yeah again I feel like each show almost there was that like sometimes big and sometimes little transformation that happened mm-hmm. um I feel like um I mean, Les Mis is one that always comes to mind. I just feel like it was a show that in the theater community, uh, it can be so divisive and, um, you know, there's so much divide and, and struggle for, like power struggle for these parts. And it's hard to find that support for your friends when you, um, you know, don't get the role that you want, but then you want so badly to support them. And it's just, it's an weird imbalance of things and I feel like that show really um brought to light our community in Rockford and Mm -hmm. those people who came in from other um counties to do it with us 
I think it really was a good representation of what can happen when we all have one goal in mind. Um, and that's to deliver, you know, the best performance that we can. And without all of those specific people who were in that show doing all the little things that they did, um, it never would have been pulled off. And I feel like that, you know, that was a big, uh, transformation for me, but also for our entire County and for, you know, our group of friends, um, we, and it was so fun too, because so many of us were in the chorus and I had never had that much fun ever, even though it's a pretty sad show. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, it, you're delivering something about history too. It's yeah. real. And people lived through this time, um, and actually had to go through these horrible, horrible things. Um, and so I don't know, I feel like that was, that's one that really comes to mind for, um, you know, achieving something that, I think we set a bar um, yeah. for me uh, in my mind, uh, and I don't think I'll ever, you know, we'll never get an experience like that again. Yeah. But I cherish that time. And you did have. You were how old at that when you were in that show? Do you remember? Uh, I think I was a uh, sophomore, sophomore or junior. Sophomore, junior. It was yeah. soon after, not soon after. It was about a year after my injury, I think. But yeah, I think I was a sophomore or junior. Yeah, that sounds about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds right. Well, speaking of that, that, <laughs> was, that was a very there difficult time. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, tell. Let's talk a little bit about the injury because that was a that was a difficult time period. And uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, tell tell us a little bit about that. Um. Yeah. So freshman year, April Fool's Day, yeah. um, shattered my knee, uh, and that came with um, what ended up being, you know, more than a year or so, or maybe longer of physical therapy and surgeries and, um, but definitely mental and physical battles for sure. I don't think I'd ever, I, my life was pretty smooth sailing. I had never had any huge upsets except for, um, a death of a friend when I was young. But, um, since then, you know, I hadn't had to deal with something, that was concerning me as much as concerning other people. And um, as a dancer and a performer, I felt like my world had ended, stopped, done. I had no more purpose in life. And I realized, you know, looking back now and being an educator, um, I feel like I can relate to so many of my kids because you feel like you, you've put all your worth in something. And whether that be, you know, their parents who don't treat them well or, um, a home that they grew up in or, you know, their disability that they're diagnosed with. And if you put all your stock and your worth in something like that, um, you, you're never going to truly be happy and successful in life in, in your own way. Um, so I feel like um, at first everyone, everyone was uh, very encouraging about it and we're going to nip this in the bud and mm -hmm. everything's going to be fine. You're strong and you can persevere. Uh, and then we hit a wall after the first surgery and I, you know, didn't get any of my movement back. Um, and it was frustrating. I was doing all the work and there was just no outcome. And then they realized, you know, the scar tissue had built up. So they had to go and re-break that. Um, and then after that, we started making big strides. But then it uh, came to a point of um, overcoming all of those fears of, um, dancing again and performing again and having to rebuild muscle that was completely depleted. And, mm -hmm. um, so for me, I felt like, uh, you know, I was never going to pursue my dream because at that point I, 
believed I was going to study musical theater in school and mm-hmm. dance is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, early on in high school, I started developing this love for special education and working with, um, you know, individuals with disabilities. And um, so I got to kind of do things like that for different community things. Uh, and especially for Voices of Harlem, uh, we got to travel, you know, to the Easter Seals and stuff like that. Okay. And I really felt like if I can bring these individuals or students joy um, in, you know, what might feel like the depths or the darkest places that they've been or, like, they feel like they're not seen um, or that some people, you know, just don't know how to interact with them, which is – that's okay because not everyone is built for situations like that. And so I felt like it really helped me to also um, appreciate – you know, the life I had been given and how I can touch other people through the things that I've gone through. Um, And I remember we went to the Kalahari for spring break and I was in that wheelchair. And for some reason, I just felt like everyone was looking at me like Mm -hmm. something was wrong. And I'm in my head, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm just injured. I'm in a wheelchair, you know, nothing's wrong with me. And that was, I think where my whole mindset shifted and I understood what it was like to be looked at like something is wrong with you Um, because we're human and we don't like things that are different than us. And um, so I really feel like that led me to the path that I'm in now. But um, looking back at at that injury, I feel like, um, you know, without my support system, friends and family and um, all of the encouragement and prayers and, um, I, it really could have, you know, destroyed my, uh, outlook and, mm-hmm. um, the things that I wanted to do with my life, but I am so grateful for it. And as much as I would say that I hope it never would have happened or that it never should have happened, I am so glad it did. And I would go through it all over again because I, you know, would never have had the mindset that I have now, um, and who knows, I could have taken a different path, uh, but I'm really thankful for the one that I mm-hmm. have. Yeah, I, I, I clearly remember that, uh, you know, we're yes. obviously where we were at. And, yeah. And, and, that, and, and then, of course, not knowing at first what, mm-hmm. how severe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finding out, you know, later on uh, mm-hmm. how severe it was and just that struggle that you had to go through being young. Um, right. And, and then even from that standpoint, maybe, maybe that was one of your very first transformations of going from mm-hmm. uh, that it was going to be this dancer and this and, and leaning so heavily into that. Mm-hmm. And then as you continue developing um, as a performer, your strength in your acting, your strength in your singing mm-hmm. seemed to even get stronger mm-hmm. at, at that point. Um, and I don't know if that was necessarily um, in planned i think that's just what sometimes happens right because you were limited with what you could do from a standpoint of movement especially compared to what you were before right but um but you put that energy toward um uh, the singing and and the acting yeah i remember um um you know thinking singing was all i had left and then you realize you're on bed rest for so long so you have breathing machines and stuff to um you know uh, re-fix your lung capacity and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think people realize, you know, how detrimental something like that was to a, a little 15-year-old girl. Um, 
you know, it's just a knee injury. Well, it affects so much more than that, you know, mentally, physically, you know, standing up. It affects everything that goes up your back and and your breathing and things like that. And, yeah, I think I definitely, you know, geared what I was doing then towards that singing and acting. And it really kind of pushed me to not be complacent with where I was at as a Mm -hmm. performer. Um, because I knew, you know, those were my weakness, like acting was definitely my weakness. Um, and if I ever wanted to be successful, so then it came, uh, turned into a competition with myself of, you know, I need to get so much better because if I want to study this in school, um, and I didn't realize, you know, what was happening on, you know, in the background or behind the scenes, um, that, you know, my heart was kind of changing and my perspective was changing, um, about what I wanted to do uh, with my life. Sure. So you graduate from Harlem and mm-hmm. you go right away uh, to Illinois State. Yes. And that was a big, a, a big move because, well, anyway, anytime you know you leave, you leave high school, you leave your community, and and you go off to a four-year university. It's 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 big. Uh, Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that experience. It's two hours away, but it may as well have been, you know, <laughs> a day. 20, yeah, 20, yep. 20 hours away, right? So what yeah. um, what was that experience like? And I, I remember all the excitement building up to it, mm-hmm. and that's what most people, after they graduate, and this is where I'm going to go, and this is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. um, what, what was it like? Uh, so first, I um, was – not planning on going to Illinois State okay. until, um, well, we had randomly visited there for a culinary competition that I was doing. And my mom was begging me to just, you know, tour, just take a tour of the school, sure. get a T-shirt. She enticed me with a T-shirt. So easily <laughs> I'm convinced. Um, and so I did. And I actually loved this little town of mm-hmm. Bloomington Normal, the little uptown area. I felt like it was just very homey, mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of here. Um, and so then we came back and that was junior year. Then senior year, I'm looking at places hard is set on Belmont. I'm going to study music oh, therapy. Yes. I'm finding a oh. way to bridge the two worlds. We toured Western Illinois. We toured Northern Illinois. And so um, Belmont for me was out of the question, just monetary mm-hmm. reasons, um, which was okay because then I realized, why don't I just do two years at RVC and then I'll either go there or go to Illinois State or something and um, for education. So my mom and I planned on a whim um, to go to a preview day and do this overnight thing. And we were sitting in the music education program, not knowing where we were supposed to be at and we walked over to the room next door which happened to be special education we started talking about all these waivers and all of these things you know basically free tuition and that uh caught my mom and i's ears and we we went home and we applied for all those things um and i figured you know i probably wouldn't get them i was kind of late in the game and things like that so then senior year finishes up and I'm registered at RVC and I'm prepared to stay there for two years and I'm feeling good about being home. I, I'm going to teach for the studio and I'm just going to be in my comfortable zone. I'll be around friends. Um, and then we got, um, letters like mid late summer, um, that I had, um, earned these awards, 
uh, for your tuition and for the special ed waiver and um, things in the teach grant. So then we're making a split decision. Um, what do I do? Do I go to RVC? Do I go to Illinois State? I don't even have anything for a dorm. Um, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> so then we had about three weeks to get everything for my oh, dorm uh, and and make the move. And it was kind of a decision. Um, it was hard to make at first because we had come to terms with the fact that I was staying here and I am a creature of you know, habit and planning and organization. And all of a sudden the plans changed and I'm not very spontaneous. So that was difficult for me. Um, but it was definitely the best thing, obviously that has happened. And, um, so then, uh, I went there and you're right. It's only two hours away. And at first I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is too close to my parents. I need to be further away and be independent. But little did I know that that was the greatest uh, thing that could have happened because um, I came home a lot freshman year when I didn't think I would. But, um, you know, yeah, that turned out to be a difficult year for me um, mentally and physically and, um, you know, finding yourself, finding your purpose and learning in a completely new and different and difficult environment, you know? Well, I know when I had heard you tell, tell your story about this be, before, and it was the first time that you, that you had said you realized those things that you had just taken for granted. Mm. Um, and again, just those simple things. I think a lot of people do that, you know, up until that point in your life, you had always known the people that you were around. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and so friends was, all new, right? And that yeah. was all different space. And obviously, the other things about you know trying to figure out where everything's at and things like that. But you've done you had done those things a little bit more maybe before. But this idea of um, the you know majority of people that you now were coming across were you didn't know them, mm -hmm. and there wasn't those uh, those long term friendships that. And mm -hmm. I know that was a big shift for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I. It was. It came as a shock because I I had done trips before, and um, I'm a very independent mm -hmm. and headstrong uh, woman. So I wasn't expecting to all of a sudden, you know, have this culture shock of uh, not knowing anyone. And um, you're right. It was getting used to uh, this whole new environment. Um, it was me regulating my time and my schedule, and I was responsible for me. Um, and wanting to do well and, you know, it just became this battle of needing to be so great. And, but what does that actually even mean? And this mm -hmm. idea that I'd had in my head was so skewed from what, you know, our real purpose, um, of greatness is. And, um, I feel like it was, uh, a great learning opportunity for me because I, yeah, I had always known the people that I was around, and I don't know if that was the most dis, uh, difficult aspect of it, but um, I just, you know, I started to um, exclude myself from things and to, um, you know, stay home from classes and because I had developed this social anxiety 
um, going into these big lectures uh, mm-hmm. when you don't know anyone. And it felt like everyone knew someone there mm-hmm. uh, except me. And you feel like everyone's looking at you. And then it comes, you know, as women too, and I'm sure as men, that you compare yourself to others. And I don't, just my self-worth had plummeted. And um, I felt like I was lost and I um, wasn't good enough. And I just... Um, so I started to stay home and uh, wasn't doing well in some of my classes, which then became another battle of I had always done well in school and I love school. Um, so it was frustrating for me and I was mad at myself. Why aren't you doing well? Why aren't you, you know, um, enjoying these things? This is supposed to be the best four years of your life and um, things like that. So I just uh, I I felt lost and I didn't know what my purpose was and. I think, too, I missed music so much that I, um, you know, didn't know if studying education was the right thing for me. Mm. And so many of these girls and guys that I had met going into this program had done special ed like their four years of high school. They had, you know, either had siblings or family members or they were always doing something with Easter seals Mm. or therapeutic rec or day schools. Um, and I had never really had that sort of experience. I just had a heart for it and knew okay. that's what I wanted to do. I had limited experience, but um, I just felt like everything I was doing was comparing myself to others, okay. which is such a, a silly thing to do coming from me because I feel like I preached to other people that, mm. you know, that's not how we should live our lives. Um, and I think it's, it, I think when we're, the, the words that came to me when, when you were talking about first getting down there is this idea you, you were vulnerable. You were like mm-hmm. this complete state of vulnerability, all these unknowns, all these different you know, situations. And so all those things that you might have been able to protect yourself from that vulnerability mm-hmm. prior to going were now being exposed. Right? Mm-hmm. And then in the midst of that vulnerability, there comes this vicious loop of of that comparison because mm-hmm. we're still you're trying to find some ground you're trying to figure right. out you know some kind of space to get get grounded mm-hmm. and um and where do i fit in here where do i not so this must be the reason why i'm feeling this way and all those things and i think it it, it mm-hmm. is very um it is very common. I remember going down to Illinois State. I went down. I went to Rock Valley for two years and went down as a junior. Mm-hmm. And the guys that I lived with were guys that I knew from high school, middle school, and high school. But they weren't necessarily. I played football with them and I knew them. But but you know we had it had changed. You know the, the three years prior to that we hadn't really hung out that much, even yeah. though we were you know closer before. And I remember going down there. And again, I was it was a junior, so I would have been. 19 or so when mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was 19 and um and there was this element of completely out of my element and i and i was shocked at that as well because i had you know i had traveled all over i'd you know already won the mr usa i'd already won yeah. all these bodybuilding shows and competed all over the country but this was different mm-hmm. there was something different about being in this space and i hadn't thought about it in a long time but when you were talking is that there was this vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and who are you going to be while you're here and I remember um the very first uh, within the first couple days we were there we went to a big house party Mm -hmm. and there was um there was tons of people there of course and I just remember there was multiple kegs you know and um Mm -hmm. and there was a I met some girl that 
she had worked out and um, I met her for the first time. And somewhere in the midst of that conversation, um, she had started talking about church and she had, she had invited me to go to this particular church um, that was on campus. Um, mm-hmm. What was the name of that? Ch- uh, is it? It was right on campus. It was does right. It start across- with an E. It's a little. It's by the Bone Student Center. Yeah. It's like a little house looking thing. Yeah, yeah. I want it to was say like Elevation or something. Yeah, I, El- yeah. And I don't know if it Evolve was Evolve or something. Yeah, it was. A, it was just a community church. It was mm-hmm. just this, and um, but that was a grounding place for me. That mm-hmm. was a place where that I had. That got that grounded me, and that yeah. was the beginning of that, and the working out, and because I was still competing, and so there was an element, but there was a ton of that comparison um, mm-hmm. element that you were talking about. Um, I mean, I was a bodybuilder, so constantly you were comparing yourself yep. to other people, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so when you think about that time period, and in what um, in discovering Erica there, what? What were some of the things that you discovered about your? What came out of that? What What are some things that for yourself that came out of going through that experience that probably wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have gone? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, um, at the beginning of freshman year too, um, I went through sorority, sorority recruitment, okay. <laughs> which is a big comparison game. Um, so you think when you go into that and you also have this Hollywood view of what it's supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like that at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was the most emotional week ever. Um, and I had, you know, toured these homes of these sororities and I found one that really, uh, resonated with me and the conversations I had made me feel like I was understood and, um, like I belonged to something And I ended up doing Legally Blonde down there uh, at a community theater. And so I was spending all my time there. I was there every night of the week. And I had met uh, a girl, Courtney, from um, Byron. And she was one of the first friends that I made besides the girls on my floor. Um, But she also went to church. So we got to go to church together. But she was also in a sorority. So it was like we had these things in common. Um, So she ended up being my first friend that I feel like grounded me and, um, you know, uh, kept me going. And then because my time was all spent at Legally Blonde and doing the show, um, I didn't really get to get involved in sorority life until um, like second semester or like sophomore year. And then I ran for positions and uh, I ended up meeting some of my very, very best friends who I feel like. Uh, really, you know, looking back, those were the people who I was meant to meet. They were, they were a purposeful part of my path and without ISU, I never would have met them. And, um, I feel like they really, you know, kept me grounded with our library dates and our coffee dates and just spending time together and learning about, you know, how different we all were, because I feel like we, grow up in what seems like sometimes a bubble because we do all know each other and we're not exposed to all these different things in our comfortable zone. And um, so I felt like really, you know, getting to know some of these girls um, changed my perspective and um, made me feel, you know, purposeful and like I was seen by girls who had never even known me, which was a little bit of a battle too because I have – 
um, I'm very limited with my trust and it's hard for me to trust people and for them to, um, like for me to feel comfortable, uh, sharing with them. And so it was a little bit of a battle of, you know, these girls have not known me my whole life, you know, like Bailey or Sierra Mm -hmm. or someone, do I really trust them with, Mm -hmm. uh, opening up myself to them? And, um, you know, now we are best friends for life and I'm Mm -hmm. so glad we did. And I feel like they really, um, are the ones who encouraged me and I mean, and people here, but, um, they encouraged me to be myself and, you know, to push through all these things. And it was nice because they were going through similar things, Mm -hmm. even though it may not have been exactly what I was going through, but, you know, they were able to relate to the fact that you are in this new place and meeting all these people that you've never seen before. And you're in a battle with, you know, comparison, but also, you know, balancing school and your, um, mental mindset and eating healthily and all of those things. And so it was nice to kind of finally be understood and have those people I could really, um, lean on, you know, for that. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway was just this idea of, um, perseverance. I think it's something that we so easily talk about because, um, you know, these big things that happen in our life, but this wasn't necessarily a big thing. It's just a thing that, you know, people do. They go to college and no one ever talks about their experience except how fun it was. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would never do it again because part of me wants to do it again because I want, I wish to get all those things back and to, you know, live it to the fullest and join every club that I could have instead of excluding myself from those things. But then the other part of me, you know, doesn't want to because it was a difficult learning experience, but I never, you know, would have realized all of these different things about myself and how I handle stress and how I needed to learn to cope with different things and also to voice, you know, these feelings of anxiety or depression or things that I'd gone through that had never been a part of my life until now and even like weren't really spoken about in our family. And so that was also you know, it brought up topics in our family and Evan was able to relate to some things and then it became way more comfortable. And, uh, we realized, you know, this is real life. You don't have to experience, you know, a great loss or, um, you know, something extremely devastating to feel these feelings Mm -hmm. of hurt and depression and anxiety and, um, you know, all of those other mindsets that come along with that. And so I think it was, you know, it, made our family closer by talking about all those things, but also really made me understand, you know, what some of my kids, my students might be going through with these emotional disabilities that I think are so easily misunderstood of, you know, they're just trying to get attention or whatever the reasoning might be. But I am able to relate in my own way of, you know, this is how I persevered. And though my story is different from yours, you know, here's what I took away from it. And here's, you know, what I had to do to, overcome these mind battles that you were at with yourself well and and when you talked about perseverance and and you're right i think we do talk about it as you know this admiral quality you know that you have to have and all these things but but to um to develop perseverance 
means you have to have hardship. Yeah. You know, so the hardship comes with it. You can't, you, you don't go buy it at a store, right? You don't buy perseverance at a store. It, it, it's literally as something that comes as a result of some type of hardship or setback or struggle uh, or suffering. And, and that is part of it. And, and it's, it's hard as a parent to watch um, when, mm-hmm. when, when a child, when you're one of your children are going through it, as well as when you go through it yourself. And, mm-hmm. but it is uh, one of the things that is amazing though, is that as we persevere either through an injury, you know, like you had with your mm-hmm. leg and, and that changed some perspective or mm-hmm. when you went away to school and it, you're right, it seems on paper, like it's supposed to be so simple yeah. and, um, <laughs> and, but for some people, maybe it's easier than others, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe there's things that seem to fall in place a little bit easier, or maybe um, at that point they aren't faced with some of those realizations um, that yeah. that may come at a later date. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's so many things that could can add to that, right? Um, if you're in the wrong major, or you have you run in with a couple bad professors that you don't match up with, or you have uh, you know a relationship you know struggles or things like that, so can right. add add to that as well. Um, one of the things I wanted you just to touch base on, if you can if you can think about it, and we don't talk about this either much, right? So we grow up, and because of proximity, because of familiarity. Um, Bailey and Sierra and these different people were friends. We've always been friends. I don't remember not being friends, that type of thing, right? And then you go at at, at an older time period in your life, and now you're a young adult, and you have to learn how to be a friend. You have to learn how to make friends. If if you think back to some of those lessons that you learned, what what would be, what are some things that Rachel, you're not Rachel, your mom's Rachel. <laughs> I Erica, go by Rachel yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, that Erica had to learn about herself that, that had to come out in, in Erica to to be able to make friends. What what was what were some of those things if you think about it? Um, um well first I I am super, you know, picky about who is in my circle. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like Um, you know, I was seeing all of my, you know, maybe friends from high school or whatnot, um, making all these friends and acquaintances. And to me, um, I, I like, didn't feel like that was me. I, I would rather have a smaller circle than a bunch of acquaintances. And it was Mm. like the, all these people were going out partying together. But at the end of the day, if I were to call you up with a problem, would you Mm. ever be able to sit down and help me? And so I think I was a little too um, picky too in, in a good way. Uh, but also it kind of, you know, hindered me from making friends right away. Um, after I had kind of worked through some of my personal things, but I feel like, you know, I wanted those people who were going to be there for me and I had to develop that trust of, you know, it's, it's all or nothing, Erica, Mm -hmm. you need to, and I'm, I'm so bad at heartbreak and it still is so hard for me Uh, to go through things like that but I've gotten so much better with you know not taking things like that personally and um, so I was really learning you know if they walk away that's on them you Mm -hmm. you know I don't need to carry the burden of that Mm -hmm. friendship losing that friendship or relationship and um, so I feel like even in this past year um, I am still learning how to be 
um, you know, that friend, a good friend. And um, I sat and had a conversation with a friend until like five in the morning. And we just, we were, um, it's hard because we live in a world where social media is just so deceiving. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing that we've created and also the worst. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I excuse, you know, reaching out to friends because I see all their stuff mm-hmm. and I see how they're doing. I liked your picture. I know how you're doing. You're mm-hmm. doing good yeah. or well. And but is that true? Because I'm like, what do I post? You mm-hmm. know, I don't sit here and post, hey, I'm really sad today. Mm-hmm. I'm going through this. Um and so we really, you know, honed in on the fact that we need to um, try to have that phone call, you know, when we can. And even though we're both extremely busy, um, finding that time to check in on your friends and their well-being is so important because I had no idea a friend was going through something um, at, that I had kind of sort of been through before, but you know, experiencing all those things that aren't really talked about mm-hmm. uh, vocally or in her family. And so I feel like I have been, it's been a process, but we, you know, check up on each other and um, we, you know, try to do things that are personal and not just, hey, I saw this on Facebook, but how are you really doing mm-hmm. um, in a way, and how can I support you? And she's also a teacher, and teachers carry the weight of so many of the things that their mm-hmm. students are going through, as I'm sure you know that. But um, so it's it's good to check up on your friends and their well-being more so than just um, seeing their social media, but really, how are you? Uh, what can I do for you? Um, you know, um, and also reaching out to those friends that you have had in your whole life, uh, for your whole life. I know with, with Bales, like Mm -hmm. we've always been together. And so being apart in college was hard for me and I know it was hard for her and you develop different groups of friends and then you find, you are trying to find a way to bridge all those people together Mm -hmm. because you want it to be one perfect world. Uh, and luckily it kind of happened that way for me now because all my friends are so similar now um but just keeping that communication and um i'm i'm still learning how to do that and how to be a friend and a good sister and things like that and um sometimes i also feel like i'm a burden and so i don't reach out to people um with things that are going on but i'm really like learning to work through things and my parents are the first people i go to for most everything and um but you know letting my friends in on that and my life doesn't need to be perceived a certain way on social media um so and I've tried to talk about that a little bit on my social media that you know this isn't real life this is just a highlight reel right you know these are just a lot of the fun trips I go on or things like that but um yeah so I feel like just reaching out and checking up on people and um following through, you know, with your word and, and I've really, you know, overcome a little bit of my social anxiety of like, I would get nervous to like go to sorority events or speak in front of people because I was always scared of what they were going to think that I meant and Mm. not what I actually meant. And, you know, what was I going to be perceived as, but, you know, I've just come to the realization that 
people are going to want to think whatever they want to think and perceive from whatever I say uh, and whether that's what I mean or not. Um, you know, it's my responsibility to follow through with those things and just um, be myself and not worry about, you know, what people are thinking or saying. Well, you, you, one part, one chapter just closed, right? Graduating, yes. um, graduating with your bachelor's degree in uh, special education. Yeah. And, um, and now a new chapter is about to open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think you said that actually you're going to be uh, doing some visiting and some previewing of the school you're going to yes. be working at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just this week, you're going to be going down this mm-hmm. week, and then you don't you officially start in January, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so this will be a new school. This will mm-hmm. be new people. Um, and then all those expectations, right, will be coming up again. And and, um, and I would love to have a follow-up conversation with you. Because uh, yeah. I know for me, um, having watched uh, educators and being, in that, being a former educator and, and that first year, the first two years is – is 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 a new it's all everything's new and and mm-hmm. and working your way through that and so some of those things of lessons that you've learned throughout throughout your life are going to be opportunities to reflect back on mm-hmm. as as you know as you're coming through this now launching your career and in and, and getting into it and um and so i think that idea of like you said perseverance um gravitating and knowing what what veteran teachers you'll be able to mm-hmm. uh, lean into, mm-hmm. and um, and at the same time, just being you, right? Mm-hmm. Just being you. Um, you're going to be teaching what grade? Um, so I was in high school right now. Uh, I was dealing with kids who are older than high school age too, um, but now I'm going to be elementary resource. Oh, much okay. So it's going to be a huge shock, but it's also resources what I thought I always wanted to do. Okay. And I do, I love it so much, but I also um, really loved the high school students who I've been with. I mm-hmm. just feel like these these kids just need so much love, and it's not um, something that, you know, I struggled with in college was, you know, the writing of the lesson plans and all this kind of stuff that is purposeful for me to understand what I'm doing, but it's not um, realistic for me mm-hmm. in the education world. I'm going to have to... I, write things and you know do IEP paperwork and things like that but first and foremost kids are not going to learn from someone that they don't like or they don't trust so it was important for me to just get to know my kids and it made leaving these high schoolers who I thought you know hated me since the beginning and then I see that they didn't um and um developing those relationships and so uh, it's going to be different it's more fun sometimes with elementary kids because i think they gravitate towards you and they cling on to you faster than high schoolers but um it brings me such joy when you you know break down those walls because i had those same walls Mm -hmm. you know going into college and things like that and now it's less about all this um lesson planning and you know all the isu side of stuff but it's um I feel I feel like I've developed a confidence with my teaching, and I just feel so good about um, you know my education that came out of ISU. Though it was difficult, and uh, I wanted to quit many times, I feel like it made me stronger. But um, I definitely feel like um, you know this is where I'm supposed to be. And mm-hmm. these these elementary kids, it's so important that they get their their minutes and yep. their. IEPs because, um, you know, it could be 
the greatest impact that you have on them those 30 minutes every day. Yeah. Well, and I know, I know for me having, um, Caleb had, uh, dyslexia and mm-hmm. a, a, um, a process delay and those, those time periods for him, uh, he, he didn't necessarily, from what I was aware of, didn't necessarily deal a lot with, um, the stigma that happened with it. Mm-hmm. Though I do remember when he got pulled out, there was an element of that, that, mm-hmm. that, that was hard for him, but there was an element where he, um, really needed that realizing he had to learn differently mm-hmm. that that his, how he saw things literally how he saw things yeah. were not they were inverted and and how his verbal processing was so much stronger than his written processing and he had yeah. to learn how to um, study differently he had to learn how um, to write differently um, and now he's you know, finishing up graduate school and he's gotten so far all A's in graduate school. And so it's, it's, and I don't, other than having conversations with him, I, through the last couple of years of undergraduate and graduate school, I don't assist him at all in writing. I mean, he'll ask me to yeah. look something over and I'm, I'm interested in what he's writing now because it's social work. Um, yeah. But, uh, it, it, it is exactly what you said that that fundamental one when, when you can intervene and connect with the, the students um, at that early level and and show them there's a path out of that darkness yep. um, of, of their learning difficulty um, or that they just learn differently yeah um, so Erica as we get ready to wrap up today um, if there's anything that you can think of that you would want someone, um, from your experiences um, regarding setbacks, you know, one was physical and then another one was emotional um, and, and, and maybe social, I guess. Um, if there was anything um, that you would want to, to part with, what would, what would something like you want to wrap up with? Um, I think just to talk about things. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a world where um, I think we're getting more adapt to the fact that we are all experiencing things and going through things and getting more comfortable talking about them. But, um, for me, it, you know, people didn't talk about these things growing up mm-hmm. and like kids being pulled out of classrooms, it was always seen as, Oh my goodness, where are they going? Kind of thing. Uh, but now, you know, with my experiences, um, I have learned not to compare them to anyone else's. It's for me to experience and to understand. I think just to talk about it and to find that support system, even when you think it's minuscule, when I thought college was supposed to be easy, I never wanted to talk about all these feelings I was having inside. And if I wouldn't have, um, well, it did kind of bubble over, but it could have been worse than it was, and I may not have finished or whatever may have you. But, yeah, I think just, you know, learning to find that confidence and that purpose in yourself and not to put that in anything, not to put your worth and your understanding in things other than, you know, pushing yourself and just finding things that you enjoy and that you're good at and those people that you uh, feel supported by and, uh, and not to compare your experiences to anyone else. Cause if you do that, then you're never going to give yourself credit for the things that you're going through. Yeah. So, 
Well, perfect. Yeah. Erica, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. You sharing your story and sharing some of the things that you've gone through and then this exciting new new path that you're on now. Yeah. So again, thank you for being, yeah. being with us today. Thank so, you. Uh, thank you for being with us today as Erica shared um, her story about what may on one hand seem to be uh, ordinary things as Erica shared that the, the biggest thing that we can do is um, talk about it and, and find out that other people may have had the same experience. So uh, thank you very much for being with us today and uh, we'll see you next week.